my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So today's episode, I have such a great one for you. Today, I know that we have had student highlights in the past where we were able to celebrate the accomplishments and growth of my amazing coaches and talk about their experience. But today, I have our first featured expert on the podcast, and it is Courtney Dubois, who is an amazing relationship coach, and she is actually going to be one of the bonus workshop presenters at our self-love intensive that is currently underway. We have started our month of connecting, of getting ready for our workshops and getting to know each other. So that's super exciting. This first month here in August, we are setting the stage. So those of you who are familiar with how I coach women is I give you all of the tools that I'm going to keep circling back to at the beginning. Why? Because whenever you are going on a journey, whenever you're going on a trip, you have to take your supplies with you. A lot of times we don't make progress like we want to because we just say, well, I just want to change because I just want things to be better. I have a vision, maybe even for what I want it to be, but you don't have tools that are going to help you overcome the mindset blocks, the roadblocks along the way. So August, we're taking this month to set that stage. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved, and hypoallergenic. Get 25% off your first order from thehoneypot.co slash summer. That's T-H-E-H-O-N-E-Y-P-O-T dot C-O slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today. Um, one of the first things I'm teaching our self-love at intensive attendees is about overcoming self-sabotage and where that comes from. 
um, but how that looks in relation to our trauma. Because what I love about this day and age is that there's so much great information out there about why we do the way the things that we do. But um, as you may have heard me talk about in this podcast, there are very few, if any, that actually connect the dots, that can actually say, okay, here's a really good tip for you to know, and this is exactly how it's related to your trauma, and then this is what you do about it. So we're bringing it full circle to make sure women are set up for success, that they're actually able to get better. And then I'm going to teach um, my ladies, you, <laughs> all of you listening who register or who are going to be registered, I'm teaching you one of the tools that I teach in my main program that is going to be so important for you to know how to do for yourself when it comes to self-love and rewriting the scripts that you have in your head that get, keep you stuck um, and learning how to be connected to yourself um, even when you don't want to be, even when you're scared to go there, even when you wonder if you can ever get to a place where you can actually like you, be kind to you, or not have to operate in perfectionism for you to be able to tolerate yourself, right? Um, that's also what we're going to be talking about. And then Courtney's going to be coaching. I'm just really excited to start with talking about self-sabotage because I know so many of us don't trust ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to actually follow through with our commitments, to say no to ourselves, to say yes to ourselves. And so to be able to understand the parts of us that do that and why, so that we can build compassion around it, so that we can actually um, not pick and choose parts that we think are lovable and the parts that aren't, just like what happened to us before, is so important. And it makes it so much easier to actually move into self-forgiveness, which is what helps us move forward. Um, which is what helps us put in the past the things that happened, all the ways that we felt like we might have failed or let ourselves down. Now we can actually do something about it. And it doesn't involve us having to go back in time to make it different, right? We can start today and not feel like there's a gap missing because we're stuck in the what ifs, right? So I'm so excited to be teaching about that. But I decided that I wanted to have some of our bonus presenters here on the podcast because they are just such amazing resources for all things self-love, healing, healthy relationships, and connection. And so for the women who are already registered for the intensive, I wanted you to be able to get have an introduction to these women, um, to get to know them. Um, for you to get even more excited. For those of you who um, have not registered yet for the intensive or you're still thinking about it, I wanted you to have access to the mighty wisdom and knowledge of these ladies. And so Courtney is such a treasure. She is gifted at what she does. And she is a fountain of wisdom who is truly genuine, warm, authentic, She's one of those people that immediately makes you feel like y'all are best friends and that you've known each other forever and that um, she gets it and she's going to be able to help you get through it, right? So 
Um, that is going to be our episode today. She's going to be talking about the four communication styles um, because, you know, couples is her specialty. But whether or not you are partnered, don't want to be partnered, soon to be partnered, this is going to be so helpful because we're getting into trauma, how it manifests and how we speak to other people, how we show up and what to do whenever we are triggered. So without further ado, here is our interview with Courtney Dubois. All right. So I have Courtney Dubois with us on the podcast today. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sheena. Hi, Tribe. How's everybody doing? (laughs) I am so excited to have you here. I don't know if you know this, but you are my first official podcast guest. Oh my gosh, no pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you, Sheena. Yes. I think um, I think our audience is really going to enjoy this. You are such a gifted relationship coach. Um, I really love your programming and how you teach and how relatable it is um, and how you're really helping people. So, um, and I know here we're all about building healthy relationships and learning how yes. to communicate. So, um, love this it. Love it. Be great. Yes, I can't wait. This is this is this is gonna be good and juicy. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So before we start, I already mentioned your relationship coach, but could you tell yeah. us a little, little bit more about you? Oh, absolutely. So um, I'm Courtney Dubois. Hello, everyone. I am a Black millennial relationship coach. So I help um, dating and married couples kind of identify what's going on in their relationship, identify maybe some um, problems or some low points that they may be having so that we can figure out how to communicate around those issues and set them up for success inside of their partnership. Um, I typically date, I typically uh, work with couples who are either at that phase in dating where they know they want to get married, but they may not be engaged just yet. Um, or they're already, you know, married and have been married for quite some time or newlyweds and they're just really trying to figure it out. I absolutely love my couples. We get down to the nitty gritty and I can't wait to share some of the stuff that we talk about. Definitely communication wise, because, you know, that's a big one. That's a big part of my um, platform and something I wholly believe if we can, like, get our communication together, we can really solve a lot of our relationship issues. <laughs> yep. yep, yep, yep. And this is totally related to Black women, Black girls healing because so much of who we are shows up in our relationships and our partnerships. And once we get through our own internal walls and blocks, just in relationship with ourselves, with our trauma, Mm -hmm. inviting another person to be a part of building a life together will trigger even more stuff. And absolutely, you know, the women on my who I speak to a lot, a lot of my audience members struggle with the fantasy that if if slash when I get married or I find a partner or partners, then everything will be great. And I just have to find the right one. And really, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the real work starts. Joy. Absolutely. 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 That's why I absolutely love your platform because after women are working with you, um, what, what I know from you and what I see from all the comments that you're always getting in your work um, on Instagram or in the podcast comments, women are able to identify their ish, right? So if I can figure out my stuff, 
I can figure out how I can communicate to my partner what my stuff is, right? Mm -hmm. That way we're open about it. We're honest about it. And we can figure out, okay, how do I deal with my stuff? And how do we deal with your stuff so that we are able to move forward and package these things that we need to package and put away into a appropriate little box where we know how to handle them and, and tuck them to where they need to be so that we can be successful in the other areas of our relationship. But I absolutely love that because when you can identify your trauma and your triggers, you're able to easily be able to communicate, whoop, I'm feeling something. I need you to slow down. And that's where it all starts. That is the beginning of that communication piece that is so critical that so many people miss. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So girl, let's, let's jump right in then. Let's talk about yeah. these complex styles. Tell us more about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the main programs that I have um, that I'm always talking to my, my couples about is conflict resolution, having that communication resolution. And it's because communication is often um, where we trick ourselves up in these relationships. And I'll be a little transparent about myself. Sheena, you know, I've been married for um, quite some time. I've been with my husband for almost 10 years. Well, a little bit over 10 years. We met in undergrad. And early on in our relationship, we used to get into like these little nitpicky, like, you get on my nerves about this, or I can't stand when you do this. But we never came to a resolution um, in how we went about having those conversations and how to solve the actual issue at hand. As we went through some of that, um, eventually, years, <laughs> years <laughs> later than we should have, but years later, we developed the tools to figure out how to communicate to be able to hear one another. And what we found was we each had different communication styles. And one of the por portions of my platform talks about four different types of communication styles. So if you don't mind, can I share them with you? <laughs> yes, please. All right. So there are four of them. One is the avoider. The avoider is someone who you may know this person by any means necessary. They will avoid having those heated conversations. They won't call you back when you say what's wrong with you. They're just like nothing. And then they walk out the room because they don't want to have they don't want to engage. They don't want to have the conversation at all. Then you have the competitor. The competitor in their communication style, they may often like raise their voice or they may um, get very frustrated if you don't see their side of the story. Um, they can often feel like uh, someone who can be maybe a little bit aggressive and trying to trying to debate, you know, go go back and forth. Okay, so that's the competitor. Then you have the passive aggressor. Now I'll be transparent again. I used to be this personality type here. <laughs> in my mm -hmm. communication, mm -hmm. I was the passive aggressor. So the passive aggressor is very like nonverbal when it comes to like some of their communication. So I may say like, oh yeah, that's fine. I don't mind if you don't take the trash out for the 10,000th time, you know, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And then I go take out the trash. But really in my head, I'm like, didn't take out the trash again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that's kind of how the passive aggressor is. You say everything is okay. You may look like everything is okay on the outside, but really on the inside, you're not sharing your true feelings and you're not advocating for yourself the way that you really should be. Okay. 
And then finally, the collaborator. Now, the collaborator is the fourth style. And this communication style is really what we want both couples to operate in at all times, because this is like the nirvana of communication. When you're collaborating in conversation, you're looking for solution-based words, solution-based revolution to be able to get to fixing whatever the, the issue is in that, in that conversation. So you're looking at the problem, not looking at the person and you're fixing that. Does that make sense? Yes. They all. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good, 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 good. So the avoider, the uh, competitor, the passive aggressor and the collaborator. <laughs> yeah yeah no comment on which one I am but you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> look sometimes it can be a little bit of all the above right and sometimes right sometimes you'll notice that you one really sticks out you know mm -hmm. a little more <laughs> yeah yeah there's definitely one that I that that's when I'm getting to that point I'm like okay I need to step back yeah take yeah. a time out because yeah yes and it's so good that you recognize that because so many times what happens when we engage in arguments? That trauma that we're feeling immediately pulls up our defense mechanisms. We don't take a step back because that fight or flight immediately kicks in. And it's like, okay, either I'm running full speed ahead and you're going to catch these hands <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or um, I'm running away, you know, in the opposite direction. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing the flight. I'm, I'm going absolutely the opposite direction. I'm avoiding this issue. So when you said that, take a moment, deep, breathe, breathe, uh, deep, bleh, breathe deeply um, and really say, Oh, let me recognize I'm really about to say something I don't mean. That's the biggest piece. That's the biggest part of it all, being able to recognize that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the phrases that, you know, I'll say here on the podcast and I'll say to my students um, is if it's hysterical, it's historical. If I Ooh, yeah. get to level 1000 or mm -hmm. if I get to level 100, then that's because this is about something deeper that has nothing to do with you. Um, yeah. but I'm projecting it onto you because I've just been triggered. And no matter what you tell me, it's not really going to help me feel better. So I need to be aware of that and mm -hmm. also know how to communicate that to you. So we're getting to the actual root of why. Yeah. I love that. If it's hysterical, it's historical. I love that. That's, that's, that's right on point. You're absolutely right on that. Yep. So if we are listening to this and there is a communication style that is not the collaborator that mm -hmm. we relate to the most, how do we get to be more of the collaborative style? Oh yes. So nine times out of 10, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to be the collaborator. Really? Um, so this nobody week... perfect listening to this? Thing? No. You no. know, oftentimes we may think <laughs> we yeah. may th it's so funny too because sometimes we'll be in a session and um the guy or the girl really will be like, Oh yeah, I'm totally the collaborator. They'll take the quiz and they they showed up as the collaborator and then their partner's like, Oh no, you're more of the avoider. You never talk to me about these things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's it's funny that, you know, folks say that, oh, there's no one that's really no, no. Oftentimes we're not the collaborator. Um, but in order to get to that place, you really, like you said, you have to identify those places. Where am I being hysterical? Um, what am I being triggered by? And you have to be honest about those things. One thing that I notice, um, a lot of times we don't know how to say how we feel. 
So an example, I can be very frustrated because say my partner wants to go out to the club. Now, granted in the pandemic, we should all be home wearing our masks, <laughs> but granted outside of, outside of that, this, this crazy time we're going through right now, you know, if my partner wants to go out a lot and I don't, well, if my previous, you know, childhood trauma comes from my father going out, being drunk, coming home and, you know, being inappropriate with me or my mom or, you know, gambling his money away and coming back and not having anything in him and my, my mom having arguments that for me, when my boyfriend now decides that he wants to go out, he may never have exhibited any of those of those um behaviors but because I don't know how to communicate my feelings and express hey this is making me feel sort of triggered because this is how my dad used to do and I know you're not my dad but this is just bringing up these emotions for me we don't want to share those feelings we don't know how to share those feelings and we don't want to be honest about those places that that someone else's behavior can take us and that is what usually keeps us from being the collaborator being able to find those words you know being honest about it and being open to your partner about it is really the key things that keep that keep us from from being able to move forward successfully yeah mm-hmm. yeah when i think about that and just bring together all the stuff we've talked about so far i just think about the importance of knowing your ish knowing the yes. causes of why these things matter because what I make up about the example you gave of the guy who's like, yeah, I'm totally a collaborator, but it's really an avoidant is he mm-hmm. is so used to minimizing and compartmentalizing his emotions instead of dealing with them. Um, and yeah, absolutely. An actual peace versus the fact that I don't know how to face it. So I push it down. So when I get into these fights, um, I just choose not to go there. So I'm, I've never actually healed from my stuff. It's just down yes. there underneath. And it's actually causing yes. me to move further away from a person that wants to be there for me. They never get to exactly. know me. They never get to connect to me because it's too hard. It's too scary. And I don't even know yeah. that. I don't, I don't yeah. have words for it. Yeah. And then the partner, it robs your partner of knowing who you really and truly are, which is the total opposite of what the collaborator is. Mm-hmm. But so many people do that. So many people pack that away and, and pack pack away the trauma and pack away um, the feelings, because honestly, where where in life are we able to say, you know, this is how I honestly feel and not think that we're going to be judged or ridiculed or condemned for it, you know, so mm-hmm. so it's common. It's common that we all do this. We just we just tuck it away. Yeah. To be in love and to let someone love you and to love somebody else, love somebody else is so amazing and terrifying. Mm-hmm. At the yes. same time. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Especially at the beginning, if you're someone who has unresolved trauma and you're learning how to trust along the way, like you're learning to get your sea legs, you're learning to walk. And it's like, can I trust that the floor is not going to give out from underneath me with every right. step? Or can I trust that this partner of mine isn't going to think it's funny to push me over? Mm-hmm. And then say that they're going to help me up or not right. help me up and just leave me down there. <laughs> there's so right. many, right. there's just so many unknowns. And I think that's, that's the hardest part about love, right? You, it takes, they always say, oh, a fool falls in love, but it takes a very brave person to be open and willing and say, you know what? I could get hurt 
this might not go the way that I want it to go. You know, this, this may end up being a lesson instead of a quote unquote blessing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna do it anyways, you know, and there's always a blessing in the lesson. So I, I think being, being willing to be open for love um, and, and showing someone that, that part of you, that's the bravest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach Courtney, how do I get there? <laughs> well, first, let's, we, we got to get with uh, Machina Tubbs over here so we can heal <laughs> individually. <laughs> let's not bypass step one. You know, yeah. you, you, like you said, own your ish, own, own your own stuff. Cause the, the, when you identify those things, you know what you're bringing into the relationship, right? So yeah. no one can put anything on you that you don't already have packed up in your bags. So that's, that's key. When you know, when you know what you're bringing and you can put a name on it and you can touch it and you can sit in it and you can feel it, it makes it a lot easier um, for me to then come in and say, okay, well, let's talk about how does that look? What does that look like in relationship? Okay, let's identify on, on, on the partner side, on his side. What, how does that in, make him feel? Because, you know, he's bringing his own stuff too, right? right. Um, so to get to that place, that place where you do decide, okay, yeah, let's love one another. Let's be monogamous. Let's try to make this a purpose-filled partnership where we're walking towards um, marriage or just being, you know, true to one another um you have to be able to communicate exactly what it is that you're feeling so Mm -hmm. many times my couples um come to me and they're in the middle of an argument and they tell me something like oh we're arguing because he never helps me cook or clean around the house or um she always has an attitude you know there are these high level bs is what i call it it's, it's, mm-hmm. that's not the real issue it's, it's that's crap mm-hmm. the underlying issue is being able to say well how does that make you feel when she has an attitude and it is rare that you will get the guy that can say actually when she has an attitude it makes me feel like she doesn't want me it makes me feel like, you know, she doesn't find me attractive. It makes me feel like less than the man. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to find those words. He's just saying, oh, I'm mad. It, it pisses me off. But really under that and being able to find what those emotions are under our surface level words and being able to relate that um, back to how we're feeling in our relationship and what that translates into. Well, she got an attitude all the time, so we can never have sex. Ah, now we can kind of begin to unpack. You, he perceives you as having a... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors attitude all the time but really for you it's your defense mechanism because now maybe you're having an attitude because you feel like he doesn't care at the at the end of the day oftentimes it's I want this person to make me feel safe so I, I, I want to be able to trust this person and I want to be able to be free with this person that is that at the end of the day that is honestly what everybody's core 
values and, and, and wants and desires are to be able to feel safe with the person that they're with, honestly. Right. Right. To not mm-hmm. be abandoned or rejected. Right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, and all of our little nonverbal and verbal cues that we throw out there that protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, me having, I I got myself. You ain't got to have me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that protects that. That protects that. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, my, my ladies will reach out to me like on social media and emails and stuff. And because they listen, they'll say, Sheena, I am a self-diagnosed cutoff queen. That's the term that <laughs> the I use. cutoff queen, yes. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> cutting people off. You get cut off. You get cut off. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but really, who are they cutting off? Mm. Themselves. You cutting you yourself are. off, baby girl. You cutting you off. You How are now that? creating a whole. You got you a nice uh, Donald Trump wall that you done built with these bricks mm. by cutting other people off. You you've cut them off because you're afraid to allow yourself to be open. Once you know your trauma, once you can identify what your stuff is, that's when you're most empowered. That's when you can say, oh, I can be open and I can tell this person about how I'm feeling because I, I own what I'm bringing and you can't give me anything extra. But we also have to be able to identify and when I'm being triggered, recognizing the difference between is this person triggering me on purpose or do they just not understand, you know, how this is affecting me? And I think so many times, especially us millennials, we get to this, I don't, we're a very interesting generation here. Um, we, we've gotten to this place in relationship. I, and like I said, I'm a black millennial relationship coach. So amongst our community, I can only speak to us because that's who I'm concerned with, where, mm-hmm. We just want to be so hard. I don't know if it was the 90s gangster rap. <laughs> we were all in elementary school like, oh, yeah, at the police. I don't, I don't know what has gotten us at this point. But we want to be so independent and so work driven and so I got me that it's easy to say if this person does one thing, I'm cutting them off. 
if this person does not adhere to this one rule all the time, I'm cutting them off. And really, it's not you cutting them off. It's you cutting yourself off from the other possibilities that could really be out there because they didn't follow one rule. Whereas what we really know about love is that it's unconditional, that it's grace, that it's mercy, that it's you extending the same treatment to someone else that you would want them to give to you. And so many times in relationship, we don't give our partner that grace or that mercy to be able to mess up sometimes. We want perfect partners and that's just not realistic because we're not perfect. So I get it. I, 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 I understand the cutoff queen. <laughs> I understand it. But you're cutting yourself off and, and you're not allowing yourself to be open for love. And I'm not saying I let anybody run over you and, you know, but there's a difference between a guy purposely hurting you, triggering you, and you have to be able to decipher and discern, is that what this really is? Or am I not open and willing to work through this to get him to where we both need to be so this isn't an issue in our relationship? Right. That is the perfect point for my next question because um, I, I teach and I target my podcast for women who are consistently attracted to unavailable people. Mm. So try to make someone who is not a good fit, a good fit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we may actually tend to over communicate with them. So we may try to be a collaborator with someone yep. who's an avoidant, but not an avoidant who wants to heal, but an avoidant that we just know if we do it enough that he or she will change their mind and they will pivot. Right. And mm-hmm. What can you say to those of us who are not in partnership with someone who's healthy or wants to be healthy, but we are with someone who's not going to change and we're trying to make it happen? Well, see, that's when you become the cut of queen. So (laughs) you have, that's why I say you have to be able to discern what exactly is, is, is it right? Um, What is this relationship? When, when you know your ish, and you approach a situation with a partner, that is when you have to identify together what the goals of that relationship are, right? So we just shooting the shit and this is going to be some type of sexual thing. That's one thing that's over there. But if that's not something that you're interested in, you have to talk about that. You have to make it plain. Well, Hey, you know, And I don't know why people always say this, but yes, be honest on that first day. You know, I am looking for a serious relationship Um, and be honest about how you feel. And when the guy says, oh, yeah, no, I don't don't know about that right now. Believe him. (laughs) So many times we don't believe people at their word. And I this is one thing that I always say. And let me make sure I get it right. Um, Women believe with their eyes and men believe with their ears. So not all the time, okay, don't hold me this, this isn't 100% true, but this is often how we act in a relationship. A woman and a man may say, oh yeah, this isn't gonna be anything serious. A man is gonna take that woman at her word. She said, so I'm believing with my ears, that she's not interested in a relationship. But the woman will believe with the eyes. 
He's over here every day. I'm cooking for him. He's got me around his friends. Oh, yeah, he must want to wife me up. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah. That man told you. Mm-hmm. He told you he was not interested in that. You have to take him at his word. And I think that's something that we can often get kind of caught up in we have to believe people for what they say and having those conversations to just say hey you know I'm really interested in having you know a meaningful relationship that's just where I am in my life and if they get with it great if they don't that's when you keep it moving Mm -hmm. but if they're saying oh you know I'm trying to keep it light then girl keep it moving (laughs) Right. right yeah or if they say um I just can't give you what you need right now, but they're still coming over. You know, we might take that as, well, look at him being emotionally available and communicating his feelings to me. Exactly. I'm going to change him. He don't want (laughs) to be with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think bringing it back to self-love and connection is more about like these guys or these women or whoever you're dating, they're just symptoms of a deeper problem. The real thing is to look at what is it in me that will allow myself to stay around for someone who cannot meet me where I am? What mm-hmm. is it in me that feels comfortable being um, second priority or third or fourth or fifth or being hidden or whatever right. it might be? Right. Because if not, you can cut off this person, but you're going to keep repeating it in other situations or be in a healthy relationship or be with someone who's healthy and not know how to receive that love and live in one of those three communication styles. Yeah, right? and you so and then you end up self-sabotaging that relationship and the ones yeah. thereafter. Right. Yep, yep. And isn't that a part of our trauma cycle, right? We 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 continue to pick the wrong guy. That's a part of our trauma cycle. Our trauma could be anywhere from my parents weren't around and and they just, you know, I was always second cuz they were working. So that that can be a part of your of that trauma story picking that same guy over and over as well as I'm insecure. I don't, I'm, 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 I'm not able to um, believe that I, that I deserve something great. So when you meet that good guy, Mm. you Mm. self-sabotage. That's a part of our trauma. So you have to recognize those things in yourself before engaging, you know, in, in relationship. Yeah. Recognize Mm -hmm. and heal. Cause I think a lot of women, people in general, but women st- stop short of saying, well, I know what my problem is. So I'm just going to think positively. And I'm just going to do different. And you've known what your issue is supposedly for mm-hmm. so long and nothing has changed. Like there's some yeah, there's place right. further you have to go. Yep. Yep. Garnering those tools um, to, that you learn from a professional on yeah. how to heal, on how to address those things within you, that is key. And until you garner those tools to be armed, to handle whatever you're at battle with, you, you won't be able to, it's not enough to just identify it. You know, you, you have to have the tools to be able to tackle it. You're absolutely right. So speaking of professional support, let's talk about the difference between relationship therapy and relationship coaching, which is what you do. So yeah. When would someone know or how would they know who they need to go to? What's the difference between the two? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, 
I am actually a counselor. Um, I have been trained as a counselor, um, but I chose to go into the coaching route um, because I want to work with um, couples who are ready to move forward. So oftentimes we get into um, any type of counseling, really, and they start from the beginning. So they want to know about your childhood and they want to know about those deeper rooted um, issues and what makes us us. Coaching and on my platform, when you come to me, my expectation is that you are ready to move beyond those childhood things. Now, obviously, they may come up as we're moving forward, but we're not going to go back and take a deep look into some of those deep-rooted issues. We are going to start from where we are today. We're going to pick up tools to be able to tackle these issues, and we're going to make a concrete plan on how to move forward. Um, oftentimes, in the counseling room, you may kind of have a lightly guided session where your counselor is allowing you to um, have most of the control over the conversation. Um, obviously, they're going to be pushing you in certain directions so that you can have that self-discovery. Um, in coaching, there are certain tools and a structure that we're going to go by in a certain amount of time to be able to get to a final destination and whatever that is, that's that agreed upon goal between the coach and the clients, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the the difference for what I'm what I'm doing. Obviously, um, because I can definitely identify rather quickly when there needs to be a lot of that healing, I'll refer um, a partner, uh, either the man or the woman, out and say, "Hey, I really think you should look into some counseling and and, and do some individual." discovery with a counselor um just depending on what what they have going on so mm -hmm. but yeah. they're both great they're both great I, I love both worlds and being able to help people um on on either side of the fence but I love coaching because we can say okay this is the issue this is how we're going to get to the finish line and we can specifically measure this is by when <laughs> we want to get to that finish line yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. And just to add to that, because it sounds like your method is um, similar to mine as far as um, what our focus is, mm -hmm. we start off with what the vision is. What is yes. it that we're building towards yes. versus just sit and chat and see what happens. Yes. That know? is step one. That is the first homework assignment for all of my um, programs, all of my clients. We it's It's literally called communicating the vision because <laughs> I need you <laughs> to communicate to me what the vision is so we can all work together to make sure that this is right and it's it's a homework assignment that allows um the partners to come together and really have those conversations because you'd be surprised how many people end up in relationship and and I'm guilty of this how many times do you end up in a relationship with someone and it's been some time um couple of months you know four or five months may go by and it's just like oh yeah we're still just shooting the shit well where is this going <laughs> what are what are our plans and then that's when you get into that territory where you find yourself frustrated because you're like well it's three years in and I thought I would have had a ring by now well girl did you ever tell him you wanted to get married yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so yeah yes vision planning is is the communication of that vision is number one and even for couples who are married, what I would imagine is, you know, there's an unspoken rule that people have when they get into relationships where I'm getting in this relationship with you because I like how you take care of me. Mm -hmm. So uh, your job is to take care of me the way I like for the rest of my life. 
And when that doesn't happen anymore, that's... And the quarantine comes and the pandemic yeah. comes and they lose their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And not even just financially, even emotionally. I want, I want oh, to yes. feel a certain way with you, but it's more me focused, yes. it's more self-focused. And yes. even though feeling cherished and loved is definitely part of being in a relationship, it can be all of it. And so right. what I would imagine is when they're with you is building a purpose outside of just me being seen and valued but what are we building together absolutely a large part um and you'll hear me say purpose-filled partnership a lot Mm -hmm. because I honestly and truly believe if you're gonna be in a relationship and the ultimate goal is marriage well what does that look like for you is that a Christian marriage does that mean you're being selfless with one another does that mean like what what exactly is the purpose of this relationship of you being partnered together is that a lifelong commitment like and being able to say exactly what that is will allow both people to feel uh more invested in what it is that they're doing so now it's not all about my feelings and how do you make me feel now it's oh wow am i making you feel secure as well you know mm-hmm. yeah. yep stacking racks and building black wealth like what yes Absolutely. All the above. Awesome. So what more about um, communication styles or conflict styles do you think is important for us to know? Yes. Well, I definitely want everybody to um, check out the communication style quiz. I think the first thing you have to do is really identify um, which communication style you are. Because once you kind of get an idea of which one you are, um, you're able to build, build from there. Um, if you go to my website, it's coachmecourtney.com. You'll be able to find the quiz on there and it's Courtney with a K. Take that quiz and get an idea of what resonates most with you and be open and honest on that quiz so that you can really get a good indicator of how do I respond in times of conflict? How am I communicating? And answer those questions um, to the best of your ability. Then you'll be able to say, okay, this is, this is really my results. These, this is really my, my communication style. I think being able to do that is, is key and, and step one to be able to, to do anything. Um, then be open and honest and say, okay, are these some things that I really may need to work on? How has this um, affected my previous relationships? Have I been passive aggressive? Have I been avoiding? How has that affected um, the success of me staying with the person that I was with, you know, and being honest about the results that you continue to get in those relationships because oftentimes we'll see patterns um and we'll ignore the pattern and we'll keep saying oh yeah I had to cut them off because of x y and z but really was that them or was there a pattern in how you were communicating or not communicating how you were feeling about certain issues um I think that's that's key that's that's step number one um and the biggest takeaway identifying what's going on with you first doing that good old assessment i like it i love it awesome courtney this has been so great yes i've loved it look we need to do this more often i know (laughs) (laughs) i knew it would be so if y'all enjoyed this episode as much as I have, um, Courtney is actually going to be one of our workshop presenters at the self-love intensive that is yes. rolling. Yes. And she's going to be talking more about 
building that self-love while you're in partnership or even before you get into partnership so that you do not Mm -hmm. lose yourself. Yes, absolutely. It's so easy to do. Mm -hmm. So um, Courtney, can you tell us where else we can find you on the web? Absolutely. So um, of course you can find me on my website at coachmecourtney.com and that's Courtney with a K. You can also find me on Instagram um, at coachmecourtney and soon you'll be able to find me on YouTube at coachmecourtney as well. So I'm excited to roll that out um, later this fall. So stay tuned for that, but coachmecourtney everywhere and it's Courtney with a K. Yes, ma'am. And then also for anyone who's listening who is currently in a coupleship and wants to start working with her, if you go to her website and you sign up for any service or package, uh, we have a special discount for you. You will get 10% off any service or package by putting in the code BGH. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sheena. This has been great. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.